Okay, so we're kind of all over the place again in the Proverbs today. We're going to talk about what the Proverbs says about bad words. And um, we talked already a lot about how we use our words, how we talk, like talking um, is a big part of wisdom, um, holding back talk. We'll talk about that next week as well. We'll, we'll talk about good words next week. But as we, th- as we talk about words, can't help but think about the saying, um, pretty common, most of us probably grew up here, and it sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Um, I, was, I was looking it up, and there's lots, I mean, I, I remember, even by the time I was growing up, people were coming around and saying, that's a very common saying, but it's really not true, right? <laughs> um, and so it's so funny because I feel like at this point in our, our culture and, you know, our, you know, where we're at as human beings and, and all, we've come to, to acknowledge that that's not true. And if we apply that to our lives and we think, you know, on one hand, it's supposed to be from the receiver's end, right? You know, you can say what you want to me, you're not going to hurt me. You could throw rocks and stones at me, that might break my body, but um, the words that you hurl at me won't hurt me. But what that does is, is it also teaches us that it's all right for me to say whatever I want to whoever I want, because words don't really hurt that bad, right? And so when I, by the time I was growing up, I was being taught the opposite, that, you know, you know we hear this, but that's not true. It's, it's actually false. And so I was reading about it. Tons of people have come along and kind of rephrased it. And this was my favorite one. You can, if you look it up, there, there's tons of people who have rephrased it to different ways. But this one was my favorite. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can also hurt me. Sticks and stones break only skin, while words are ghosts that haunt uh, haunt me. I, I changed it on mine, haunt within, so it rhymes. <laughs> um, and and there's, other, there's other versions of that um, um, that I think kind of communicate the same thing, and that is that um, it's a different kind of hurt, right? But our words can cause harm, can cause a lot of harm. A lot of times worse harm than um, simple, you know, flesh wounds that a, a rocker or a stick can cause. Um, and then uh, as we think about Proverbs um, uh, and, and using our words, um, one of my favorite, actually, I think it's my favorite Psalm. If you go read Psalm 19, the whole thing, I think it might be my favorite. Uh, this is how Psalm 19 ends, though. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. Um, really, again, uh, important prayer for us to pray. Um, so, uh, I'm curious, can you think of a time when you were harmed by words that maybe were not aimed at you in particular? So we need to think about this creatively. So obviously, we could probably we can all think of times that words were spoken to us directly that caused us harm. But have you ever been harmed by words that were not maybe aimed at you directly, but they, they hurt you still? Okay. That would hurt me worse than somebody saying something about me. I think. Yeah. So speaking bad about somebody you love. Yeah. Honestly, it hurts me when, when I hear people saying things bad about my God. That's a good thing to think about. He said it just didn't bother me enough to care about it. <laughs> Like hearing rumors. Well, it wasn't rumor. That was somebody. 
up and he's speaking it straight. Oh, up. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Loudly. Yeah. And so I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't work. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's an important thing to think about um, how words can harm us in multiple ways. We think of the directness of, of words a lot of times, but off also. Um, I think, you know, gossip is going to be one of the better examples of this as well. You hear that someone's been spreading rumors. I mean, a lot of times people aren't necessarily spreading rumors. They're, they might even be telling the truth, but it was something that you trusted, you know, someone with to not share and they go around sharing it, right? They're, they're, their intention might not to be to harm you directly, but if, if your uh, expectation was for them to not share it with someone and they did, that's, you know, it's hurting you in an indirect way, but um, not intentionally, but still very painful. Um, well, let's read some of these Proverbs as it talks about words. And again, like last week, we have a list of Proverbs here, but this isn't even close to all of the ones that talk about our words. Um, so I'll just give you the opportunity. The first one would be uh, verse 12 through 14 of chapter 6. If somebody would read that, and then someone would read 1630. A scoundrel and a villain goes around with crooked speech. Winking the eyes, shuffling their feet, pointing the fingers, and with perverted and mind, uh, mind of devising evil, continuously sowing discord. One who, one who winks the eye plans perverse things. One who compresses the lips brings evil to pass. Thanks. Yeah, so those are both really great, important uh, things there. Um, so one of the things that I feel like might be helpful to clarify there is that last line, one who compresses the lips brings evil to pass. And I was like trying to figure that one out. Like, I'm curious what y'all think, because I mean, the, the language of it, it's translated pretty literally from the Hebrew, but compresses the lip brings evil to pass. I think what we're gonna, what we're going to hear next week and maybe what we can pick up from some of these Proverbs is that not talking all the time is actually a sign of wisdom. So um, in my mind, when I hear compressing the lips, that would be someone keeping their mouth shut. Um, and so it's a little bit difficult of a translation, but what I believe it's saying is, is someone who is like continually compressing their lips, which would be like a sign of like talking. Um, I'm not positive about that. I don't know. Maybe another way that we could interpret it is saying that um, there are moments where we need to speak out and we choose not to. We close our lips, we compress our lips, um, and, and that causes evil to pass. I think, there's, I think there's a Martin Luther King Jr. quote where he says something along those lines where, um, um, you know, being silent in the face of evil is almost like committing that evil itself, right? You know, refusing to speak out against something that is, you know, that's an injustice against someone. Is, is similar to, com to committing that injustice. And so that might be what it's saying. I'm not exactly sure. Um, I don't know what y'all think about that, but, but I, would, I would think in the context of Proverbs, which talks about you know, running your mouth a lot as being a sign of foolishness, that it would be kind of saying that, you know, that compressing you know, like that. I don't know. Um, evil communication can occur without a word being spoken. That's what it sounds like these Proverbs are saying. What are some of the ways that this happens according to the Proverbs you just read? And maybe I kind of answered the question with my answer to that first one. But uh, according to these, other, these Proverbs, um, how, does it, how is it communicated without even a word being spoken? Action speaks louder than words. <laughs> Good. Okay. Body language. Body language, yes. Yeah, yeah you hear winking the eye, shuffling the feet, pointing the fingers. Compressing the lips. Compressing the lips. And I guess letters are not words actually spoken, but written. But I don't know if that okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Text messages. Back in the day, they didn't have text messages. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah, I know. I mean, Marilyn's with is dealing with this probably as we speak, <laughs> dealing with this type of stuff with preteens, right? The sorts of things that people say on Snapchat or texting someone. Well, Jesus did 
Jesus did do did I am at one point. Oh yeah. When he wrote the letters in the sand. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that was their form of instant messaging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what other kind of gestures do people use to communicate non-verbally? Rolling your eyes. Rolling your eyes. Okay. Oh. You driven in Atlanta lately this week, uh, not this Kevin? Week. Not this week. I, no, I don't. I just ignore people. I was gonna say you want to see some gestures. You go and drive through Atlanta. You are gonna see some gestures. Yeah. Any others? You're you know, face to face with people that you pick up on. No smiling faces. Mm. I mean, yeah. It's frowning and yeah, yeah. Like they're just disgusted. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that that says a lot. Yeah, for sure about someone's attitude and maybe what even is going on in their own lives. You know, we have no idea a lot of times, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you know, they talk about scandal in a village. You know, sometimes you know, well. You know, a blank or a, you know, some people are good at hiding facial expressions, you know. Sure. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, they'll do actions, you know, behind the scenes. You know, they're real good at you know, choosing mm -hmm. their words wisely. Yeah. And, you know, hiding their, you know, not necessarily come out like, you know, like it's written here, but uh, in the back, on the back end of it, you know. Right. Uh, you know, they're doing evil the whole yeah. time, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like what, what a con man is, right? Like the what a con what is con man short for? Confidence man. Right. Right? Yeah. That's the whole like thing is being able to portray, you know, one thing all while you know, being deceiving and Yeah, some people are good at that. Make you think you they make you believe that they're you that you're their friend, not necessarily that they're your friend. <laughs> yeah, and they do that a lot with the way that they carry themselves, their body, their body language, their nonverbal communication. Yeah, yeah. which is so, which is so, it's so tough. It's interesting. Like a lot of time, we talked about this at one point as we've been studying proverbs, but we can read the proverbs, and and every single one of them is true, right? We we would say that the proverbs are true. But we have to be careful because a lot of times, like if we take them as true in themselves, apart from the whole the whole picture, and even different contexts, right? Like we might we might see someone who you know is very confident, you know, very warm, feels very inviting. That would be what they're communicating with their body language, and yet there's this other stuff going on behind them, which I think proverbs probably would communicate that at times. But the other way around is true as well. Um, now, a lot of times, you know, the way that we carry our, I mean, with the way that we carry ourselves and I'm thinking like shuffling our feet that it says on there, like it communicates a lot and, and nine times out of 10, you're communicating, you know, what you're picking up that they're communicating with their body language is probably true that, you know, there's something going on in their lives. Maybe it's, maybe they, you know, have lost a loved one or, you know, there's something else going, suffering is going on, or maybe they're just unhappy in life and they're, they haven't found satisfaction. They haven't found Jesus, Right. Um, they have, they don't have any joy in their life. That could be a part of it. But sometimes people just don't, ha you know, they don't smile a lot, right? And so it's like, it's, you know, so we so we have to have to hold those two things, you know, um, being aware that again, most of the time, the way that people's body language is is accurate. But a lot of times, you'll have someone who's carrying themselves very confidently with negative with bad intentions, and someone who's, you know, maybe who doesn't carry themselves well, but, you know. Yeah, IQ level too has a lot to do. Oh sure, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the higher somebody's IQ IQ is, the less social uh, connections. They sure, have yeah, people. yeah, yeah. That is true. Oftentimes, yeah, people can be on uh, autism spectrum and right. be very intelligent, but um, struggle yeah, socially. Yeah, they don't have a personality. Right. Like yeah. Person yeah. Does. Absolutely. All right, well, let's keep reading some of these Proverbs. And again, we'll just do kind of popcorn style. I'll, I'll read the first one and then somebody else pick up and read the next one until we read all four of these. Yeah, there's four. 
An evildoer listens to wicked lips, and a liar gives heed to a mischievous tongue. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Like the glaze covering the earthen vessel, or smooth lips with an evil heart. Whoever flatters a neighbor is spreading a net for the neighbor's feet. Thanks. That one was tough. That one was tough to read. It's halfway cut yeah, off there. <laughs> Glad you got it, Kevin. Is yours cut off like that? Yes. Yeah. 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 I, was, I have my mar I have my margins too too uh, small there. Um, let's look at. We're going to kind of walk through these, looking at seventeen four again. Um, what do you think? Um, cha uh, chapter 17 verse 4 is saying are we showing ourselves as evil or foolish if we hear an inflammatory report about someone what do you think that verse is saying it doesn't matter the difference between hearing it and doing there it there you go <laughs> Yeah, I kind of it was kind of a trick question. I was trying to trick you, Kevin. You picked up on it quick because what I said in the question is, are we showing ourselves as evil or foolish if we hear an inflammatory report about someone? But the verse says, an evildoer listens to wicked lips. There's a difference, and and you know this is what you point out, Kevin. And this is what we yeah, pointed oh, out. Gosh, right? Yeah, yeah. Listening. And hearing are different. You can hear a lot of things. Listening in the, the, the Hebrew text, is, is it's a synonym for heed. So the other key word in this passage is heed. A liar gives heed to a mischie mischievous tongue. The, the Hebrew word for listen here is a synonym, really, of the word heed. And so it's almost like it's, it's two different words in the Hebrew, just like it is in the English here. But listen, you know... And, it, and this is true for English, like listen and hear are different words for us. Um, we, have to, we have to distinguish those two, though. It's not hear, those who hear an evil word, but those who listen. And that really is, is similar to heeding it, like receiving it, you know, taking it in as if, um, as if you know, it is valuable or worth hearing. So that's an important, an important note, because if you just read that and think, Oh, well, shoot, I accidentally heard, overheard someone talking bad about somebody the other day. I mean, that stinks. I didn't mean to do that, right? That's not what the text is saying. The text is saying if you are, you know, receiving an evil word about someone. Um, if you're receiving an evil word about someone, but you don't know how to respond, yeah. that's my fault. I, 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 got, I get that as well. Yeah, yeah. Mary Elizabeth is really, really good at this because she's dealt with it a lot in some of her relationships. She she has a way of trying to spin it and 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 say and and come up with something positive to say. Always, she's usually good at it, but it sometimes it's hard because you might not know the person well enough to to do that well. Um, so yeah, I think that's awfully hard to do, um, and also to to not come across as. Um, you know, maybe holier than thou if you're like, well, you're gossiping right now, so you should stop doing that, right? And point your finger like that. That's not going to be received well by someone who's who's on the other, who's doing that, right? Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a really tough thing, and it depends on the situation, but navigating that is very difficult if you're hearing negative reports or, or evil, and you know, evil talk about someone else, and you're not able to speak into that, um, and you're refusing to participate in it, you know, and, and sometimes, unfortunately, a lot of times people who are doing that kind of talking, they're not actually there to hear you talk or not talk. But I think if they're, if they're open to hearing from you, a lot of times those people will pick up on the fact that you're not responding or that you're not participating in that conversation and say, okay, this person doesn't want to, like, she, this person is not interested in turning the rumor mill with me um, or whatever it may be. Um, but again, a lot of times people who are doing that, I mean, 
unfortunately they fit right under the definition of a fool according to Proverbs because they, they're just there to hear their own opinion, right? That was the text we, we looked at. Was it last week we heard that verse or a couple weeks ago? They're, they're just there to hear their own opinion. They don't actually care about what you have to say. And so they'll talk all night without, not, without hearing from you. But that is tough. I, you know, that's not a perfect answer there. But I think that... Um, well, I, I know with, I've gotten myself taken off of the rumor mill in yeah. most of my life because when I hear a rumor, I'll listen to it and I'll be like, it didn't sound right. So I go to the store. I go, I go back. Yeah, the person they're talking about, and ask them about it. <laughs> and I've had that blow up in the rumor mill space more than once, and so they yeah. don't talk to me about it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and sometimes we're able to do that well, and and in such a way, but often, you know, if our if our hope is is to change the other person, um, it can be just really discouraging because not participating in it and just moving away or, or redirecting the conversation, that doesn't stop them from doing it with somebody else. <laughs> um, and so we only have a certain amount of control over it. And a lot of times that, that extends only past ourselves and our own mouths. You know, society seems to breed that kind of stuff though. Yeah. I mean, you look at all the talk shows or shows like, you know, I don't know if you've ever- Jerry Springer. Oh Call goodness! Even yeah. five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mitch. most reality I know, TV. I know, I know of him. I've never actually caught his show. Uh, it used to be oh, an old one was. Uh, oh goodness, Geraldo. Geraldo, <laughs> and then uh, you had that other clown. Uh, golly, I, I mean, I, I couldn't listen to him for five seconds because yeah, you could tell right off the bat, you know, he, yeah, he was a. Uh, Atheist, or he claimed to be, and uh, you know, he, he, oh, what's that guy's name? Bill Maher. Mm. You know, and uh, you know, he, yeah, but they, but a lot of these shows, you know, they kind of like gossip and, uh, you know, yeah, kind of, kind of what the yeah, yeah, absolutely, kind of, kind of seem to breed that, and then yeah. you get on social media, and you go, my. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, it's so funny. You read the book of Proverbs, and you're like, oh my gosh, our culture is like like so foolish. Just in general, the culture is a culture of foolishness. Um, I mean, I think of this this text here. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. I've seen something. I cannot remember what it was, but the, it was like a skit. I mean, I don't know if it was like a short video, like a, like a TikTok-style video or what, but it was something where the person was like, overhearing, you know, like what this text is saying, overhearing someone go to rumor, you know, and, and, you know, kind of acting out, picking on people who like, like gossip coming over and be like, Oh, that's so good. Yum, 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 yum. Like, like literally pretending to eat whatever it was that they were given, right. you know, that, that visual of we are, we indulge ourselves in that. And I, and I honestly, I think reality TV is this way. Even, I mean, just if any reality, any reality TV, that that's like the goal is is to catch the drama of a family or of a of a workplace like that. I mean, even stuff that has like wholesome intentions. Like I think I think of like a undercover boss. I don't know if y'all have seen that before. It's all about like this wholesome sort of thing, but the whole show is built around the drama that's going on in those workplaces. Everything you know, it's all about drama, and and you'll hear people talking bad about people. Um, I think of one of the most famous ones was uh, Survivor, which the whole purpose was to get people to agree with you that this particular person is bad enough to kick them off the show, right? That's the whole purpose of that show. Um, and it really is like it breeds, you know, this culture of, of foolishness, according to the book of Proverbs. We have to really protect ourselves from it. Um, what is the danger in overhearing bad words that come from wicked lips and mischievous tongues? You might repeat them. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. If you hear it enough. I've heard it in a lot of children. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Kids will say everything. I can promise you that. You sure will. Some of them especially. Yeah, Eric, when he was little, we used to have to watch him. Because, you know, whatever he thought came out. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. We can be tempted to suck in, be sucked into to those conversations if we're overhearing them. So, I mean, this, again, it's not saying that if you overhear something from Wicked Lips or if you hear it that you're, that you're being an evildoer, but there is like a, a level of like, well, I'm not going to, uh, I'm just going to sit here and listen for a little bit. I'm just going to try to overhear hear a little more. <laughs> I do know a lot of the music that kids, mm-hmm. or anybody, yeah. some of the music, some of the words, sure. those things. Yeah. I didn't hear them when I was going <laughs> yeah. those words are yeah. just heartbreaking to me. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely form us and shape us. You've heard me say it. If you've heard me say it once, you've heard me say it many times. Everything that we hear, everything that we do shapes us and forms us. And that means words that we hear. Um, what does a plate of morsels like small cookies or bite-sized brownies or mini cupcakes? That's kind of the image there. I hear, I, I'm thinking of. When I hear of morsels. Um, what What does that have in common with gossip? Uh, addicting. addicting. Yeah. Yeah. Superman had kryptonite. <laughs> yeah, that's a really interesting thought to think about. You know, we, we think of, when we think of addiction, you know, we think of alcohol, we think of drugs, we might even think of sugar, right? Most of us are addicted to sugar, probably. Caffeine, I know I'm addicted to caffeine. If I don't have caffeine in the morning, I have a headache. Um, and those, those, you know, some people would argue that, well, several of those are obviously really bad and addiction to alcohol or other drugs like that are, is bad for us. Um, even an addiction to sugar can be very bad, an addiction to caffeine if, if it's like, constantly needing to be consumed it can be bad um but to think about it that way like hearing you know hearing evil words hearing gossip hearing rumors as a addiction like like it creates the addiction is usually connected to something in your in your i don't know the scientific language here your neuropathway just creating endorphins in you right um, that's what addiction is really is based on is, is that those, you know, endorphins and all in your body. Um, I'm probably getting that wrong, but, <laughs> um, the fact that hearing speech that is damaging and hurtful to people <laughs> can be an addiction as well. Really, I'm, I'm wondering if there's, there's any scientific research on that. I'd be interested in that. Well, I, I, there was a, there's a show that used to be on Disney channel and they had a character on there kind of a goofy character. He was one of the teachers of the school, mm-hmm. and he loved the gossip. Yeah. And they used to, um, he was kind of a comedy side show, so right. because of his addiction to gossip. Mm. And uh, some people look at those folks that are obviously addicted to gossip as being, <clears throat> as being goofy and Yeah, funny. funny. Yeah, yeah, it's a humor, yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's a, there's probably a science, there's probably some science on it somewhere. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I just hadn't heard of that before. But you using that language, Joel using that language of addiction is, makes me think about it. No matter how our words may appear, they can, like a pottery glaze, hide something base underneath. So that's the language of um, 2623, like the glaze covering an earthen vessel, so like pottery our smooth lips with an evil heart. Um, so, so our words can do something similar, hiding something. Do you think that there is any way to test words that you um, would, test words like you would evaluate a shiny piece of pottery? How would you test words in a similar way? think about this in some metaphorical ways symbolic I think the way I think about this is if I was going to buy some pottery 
with the intention of it holding water, right? Not just to sit on the counter. And that's the way it would have been, right? They would, and when Proverbs was written, you wouldn't have bought pottery to sit on the, your shelf. You would have bought it to use it to hold water or something, you know? And if they were going to buy pottery, and it sounds like what's being described here is, is a sort of a, is, is, um, a, a, a glaze going over it that kind of makes it shine a little bit. So it's not that, you know, if you've seen pottery that doesn't have that, it's going to be kind of, you know, rough, you know, it's going to be a uh, base. Um, how would you tell if the pottery is good itself? Not just by looking at the outside, like, oh, it's got a nice glaze on it, so it must be good. How would you see if that pottery would actually serve its function? Put water in it. Put water in it. Maybe just look on the inside, right? Like, I mean, if you if on the outside it looks pretty, and you look on the inside and it's got cracks or you know something, you know, it looks like it's not structured structurally there. So I wonder what that looks like with people that we might interact with. If we hear people that, and it sounds like they have good things to say, what would it look like to metaphorically look at the inside there? We can't always do that. Okay. That's what I do. Yeah. You say something about somebody, and I go that person and ask them if it's true. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah, and I think part of what's being described here is maybe not necessarily, we're kind of maybe coming out of rumors and 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 gossip. I think rumors, and well, and maybe not, maybe not for everybody. Rumors and gossip can, again, like we've described, can be addicting to some people. Um, and, and people who have that sort of addiction might should think about this language in that way. But if we're... If we recognize gossip and rumor as bad, slanderous speech as bad, and we're generally able to avoid that as believers because because we recognize it as bad, what what other things in our lives we might hear that sound good, but are actually you know that actually have some falsehoods that are have negative intentions? It might be things that you know we we hear people talking in such a way that we agree with them. Maybe it's politics. Maybe it's uh, theology, religion, um, they're, they're saying things that I like. <laughs> we talked about this a few weeks ago. We talked about the, the, the bias. Now, now it's slipping my mind. Um, of, of, you know, we, we hear things that we already agree with and we receive it really well. And that causes us not to do a lot of fact checking. It causes us not to do a lot of, um, hearing from other sources. Right. And that, right. that, that's particularly strong in politics, but I think it can be in other areas of our lives as well. Um, but, you know what? How? Do, what? What? What does it look like? What does it mean to 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 double check to look deeper at an individual? Um, you look at their their past. If you know known them, then you know their past. Sure. Yeah. And you they'll be talking like this. You're like, wait a minute, that's not right. That doesn't sound right. Um, it's in, and you can also look into like um, you said politician. Like with a politician, you can, yeah, they'll be talking this, but you can look back and see. Right. How they voted in the past. Sure. What causes they supported, and if it doesn't match up what we're saying now, yeah, then you start to question their validity. Yeah. Of what they're saying. I couldn't help but think about the guy in New York. I don't know if y'all heard about this guy in New York who was elected as a representative in New York, and it comes out right after he's elected that basically everything he said about his past, about his story, was a lie. Like. He was real good at talking and telling these stories and making it, you know, talking himself up. And, and he got elected. He's in office right now. And, and it turns out most of what he said about himself was a lie. So it, Sometimes you got to, uh, I guess, uh, like if somebody tells you something, yeah, you might have to say, okay, the way I understand it, this is the way I understand what you're saying. And okay. Reword it. Yeah. You know, throw yeah. it back at them and make them, and get them, keep them, yeah. you know, kind of. Kind of drag yeah, facts sure. out of them because yeah, we do that when we do job interviews. We have questions that we use, and uh, a lot of them are real simple. Right. But it's just to get them talking, see how much yep. they know. Because you know, they might come in, they'll bring you a resume, it makes them like a rocket scientist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you get them talking, you know, you realize, man, <laughs> you know, like about two or three pages of that resume, yeah. it really reflects what yeah. they know. You know, so yeah, you have to kind of you know, yeah come up with a way to. Okay, all right, okay, you said this, but we're trying to understand yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe ask him a question along the same line. Yeah. 
if they make them dig a little deeper, and if they can't go deeper, then, then right, right. you got to call them in the ass. Absolutely, yeah. That's a great, yeah, that's a great example there and, and point. I, I've heard that described a lot. I, I heard you say, this is what I heard you say. Is that right? Yeah. And, and maybe, and, and kind of a lot of times what can be helpful in phrasing it that way, instead of saying, did you just say this, you know, and putting it on them and, and almost making them feel defensive if you say it more on, hey, this is what I understand what you're saying and putting it on yourself. Like, is, is that right? Is that what I hear you saying? <laughs> you know, and then they'll, they can either defend what they're saying or reword it in such a way, you know, and, and sometimes I know I've been, been in situations where I've said something and someone's repeated back basically what they thought I said. And I was like, oh, no, that's not what I meant. You know, and it gives them an opportunity to say what they actually meant. Right. Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, that's a great point there. Why does flattery? Okay, so this is getting to the last one. And this is really, again, a new topic. Whoever flatters a neighbor is spreading a net for the neighbor's feet. Flattery. Why does flattery threaten us in the same way that Proverbs 29.5 describes as a net for it's a our trap. feet? Yeah, it's a trap. Okay. Yeah, okay. Especially if it's a neighbor, you know, if, if your neighbor comes up to you and, you know, you know, and, and normally, especially if it's out of context. For that yeah, neighbor, yeah, know, right. <laughs> if they're not normally coming up to you and saying, hey, man, what's going on, man? It's, it's sure good to see you right now. I haven't seen you in such a long time, you know. They're doing that type of thing, and they don't usually act that way. You're like, wait a minute, what's going on? You about to ask me for something. <laughs> yeah. Or do something too. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> Any other examples? Because I, I think that was a helpful... That, that's not the way I was thinking about this question, but I think you're exactly right there. I think of, And I think that's probably what the Proverbs is talking about as a trap. But I was thinking of flattery, like, you, you know... You, you praise someone a lot, you know, like you have a friend and everything they make, you know, everything they cook, everything they, you know, everything they write or whatever it might be. Like if, if, um, if, if you're only ever complimenting them, this makes me think of, um, I don't remember what the premise was from, but this is like, if you're trying to sell, if you're trying to make something and sell it, like lots of people are like entrepreneurs nowadays, right? They want to, they want to go out and they want to make this or that. They want to start their own business. And what they do is, is they take their product, say they're making, I don't know, you know, um, cakes or something. They take the product to all their friends and say, y'all try this cake. Give me, give me some feedback. What do you think? What are the other friends going to say? That's good. Good cake. Thanks. It was real good. Right? You got to bring it to someone who's going to be willing to say, yeah, this is way too sweet. You know, you need to cut back on the icing that you need to cut, you know, you need someone, you, you know, if no, and I mean, really, I say friends, but in reality, a true friend who's, who's really offering feedback and something that matters like that, like a business proposition or something that could, you know, put you under financially or whatever, hopefully they're going to be able to be honest with you and give you honest feedback. But if all you're getting, especially in that, that situation, but in other things as well, if all you're getting is, is compliments and flattery. Then, then you might want to take a step back and say, "All right, maybe, maybe people are just scared to give me the truth here, you know, right?" But I think both, both are valuable. I mean, what you're describing there as well, if somebody's coming up and flattering you a lot with their, you know, with their talk, then be, be weary, you know. Yeah, food's one of them things, you know, where some people might not necessarily tell you really how they really feel about right. your cooking. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. For the hurt your feelings. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't want to hurt my feelings because, you know, I think I'm the best cook there is. <laughs> you know, right. Somebody else went out like my cooking. You know, well, it's you know, so good. eat my cake, they might yeah. think, man, they've had rocks that had more, had more moist than my cake. Yeah. So. Well, I have to, I, I mean, this, this is silly enough that it doesn't necessarily fall into what Proverbs is talking about, but it's an example. I do most of the cooking at our house, and um, and I've gotten to the point where, I just, I told her this probably a couple of years ago now, not long after we had been married, that I don't, I don't trust you. <laughs> you tell me that dinner was good tonight. 
I just don't trust you because you will not tell me if it's bad. Because I yeah, they were real hungry. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, I think part of it is she she kind of feels bad. She doesn't cook a whole lot. She just doesn't like to. And I I don't mind cooking. I I don't mind doing it. And so I end up doing it most of the time. And so I think she feels bad because she doesn't do a lot of cooking. And so she doesn't want to ever think me to ever think that the food that I fixed that night is not good. And so she, and even tonight, like I, I usually try to do quick meals on Wednesdays before church. And so I did grilled cheese and some tomato soup. But the tomato soup was just out of a little box. Um, but I decided to add some caramelized onions on the grilled cheese. It's really good. But I think I, I, to really caramelize onions, you gotta sit there. I don't know if y'all have ever caramelized onions, but you have to sit there and cook it for a while. And there's a cheat, you just add a little bit of sugar to it and it caramelizes real fast. And so I, I did it that way. And um, I did way too much sugar. It was just ended up being just way too sweet. It didn't need as much sugar as I did. And so I made them and I was like, this is good, but it, it was too sweet. And Mary Elizabeth is immediately like, you just always got to say something bad about your cooking. You just can't just enjoy it. Like you, and so she, you know, she's defending it because because Vivian agreed with me. Vivian was like, "Yeah, it is too sweet." <laughs> so she's like, "Yeah, Vivian, she's cold-hearted." That's right. Yeah, I was like, "Thanks, Vivian. I'll trust you now going forward about my cooking." <laughs> Uh, and I can't trust Eastland because she's just way too picky. But Vivian, she's not that picky, but she'll tell me. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Like that, it's like like I was watch, like I was like I was watching back to movies kind of thing. Yeah. And and the the family moved moved to a a new house, a new house, and it's really a dump. Mm-hmm. And the dad got out of the car and said, "Oh look, it's the new family home." Yeah. And mom said, "Yeah, isn't it great?" The daughter stepped out and looked at it. She said, "It's a dump." Is this inside out? No, no. This oh. is this is uh, uh, what was it called? Um, small group was the name of it. Oh, okay. I'm not figuring that. She, she said, "This is a dump." Yeah, there's a Disney movie, Inside Out. I don't know if you've seen that one. That was similar. They they go to the house and yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I understand. Because I I get that. I mean, I've, I've sung a lot of places, a lot of, a lot of times. People come in, and I and I'm and I'll be so down. I, I feel like I did the worst job I ever mm-hmm. could have done. People come, wonderful job, great job. And I'm yeah. like, really? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think that there, that, you know, flattery isn't always bad. But if if you're only receiving flattery, you're not receiving. Right. You know, any form of criticism or helpful. I'd rather, I'd rather just not say anything. Just don't say anything. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. If, if That's you, a good point. Yeah. I, mean, that, I, I would rather them not say sure. anything than to false. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. Um, so now I want to flip this the way we're thinking about this. We're thinking about flattery as hearing it. Okay. That's, that's the way this is really phrasing it. So be care- cautious. Now let's think about it on the other end, right? As people who might be doing the flattering. Um, and think about this question. Why is flattery simple to offer? Yeah. Yeah. That's our hope, right? There's usually good intentions behind it, right? You know, and what you're describing, Kevin, like, I mean, there's good intentions. They want to encourage you. They want to, you know, you know, they don't want you to, to quit doing what you love, right? Yeah. I find it hard. <laughs> I mean, when I do something, I don't expect yeah. somebody to say, "Oh, you did that a good, good job." And, mm-hmm. I, and I don't offer, you know, whenever they do something. Yeah. You know, I don't say, "Oh, you know, I'm not." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over. Yeah. Yeah. When I. Think later, I'll think, why didn't you say that? Yeah, so a lot of times it's just a matter of not thinking about it in that moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I just think about a couple times in my preaching, I I feel like I've totally failed. I mean, I just totally failed. And then I come get through and go out, and the first person that meets me says, Man, what happened? They were honest, yeah. And and to be honest with you, I liked that response, yeah. Better than I did the person you did a great job, because they say, "Man, what happened?" I said, 
I was like, I don't know. And then usually they're offering to help. Yeah. To say, let's figure what happened. You know. Yeah. And a lot of and that that's what that's when somebody does that, it helps better than the flattery. Sure. Because because you, I mean they're reflecting what you're feeling. Yeah. And it, yeah. it, it basically it gave me more reason to fix the situation. Yeah. Yeah, so I just to kind of reiterate what you're saying there, what I hear you saying is that, you know, if we're thinking about it on the other end, to not just flatter, that's kind of a commitment that you're almost making, right? Right. If, if you're willing to say to someone, yeah, this isn't, this isn't your best work. <laughs> right. You're almost offering, you know, to say, here's more feedback directly, right? Right. You, it's, you, you, you better people you better only do that if you're planning to sit down with them and say this is where i think you know you can use some improvement in this area right mm -hmm. um actual constructive feedback now if you're just saying oh that was terrible just be mean <laughs> right you probably following along the lines of what proverbs would call a fool right um you're being uh, uh you're being it's crooked speech it's it's mean it's it's it has negative intentions behind it right um, and so, yeah, so I think that, that that's a good point is to say that, you know, if it's, a, it's not only easier sometimes to accept flattery, um, it's also, it's also sometimes easier for us to give flattery, right? As opposed to, to saying, yeah, that was, that was pretty good, you know, but here's some areas that I think, you know, that you need work in or, you know, whatever it might be. Right. Yeah. Like, kind of like uh, Gordon Ramsay or... <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like on the other extreme of flattery there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, now, you know, people go, go on that show, you know, it's kind of like a cooking boot camp, you know. Yeah. So, you know, he's trying to, at the same time, he's, yeah. he's harsh. Yeah. You know, but, you know, but you can't, you know, you know flattery can hurt. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the long run, if that's all they ever get, because they never really know that they're yeah, doing yeah. something wrong. Yeah. And uh, of course, you know, folks like Gordon West and Simon on uh, what's that show? Simon uh, Cowell. Yeah. On, uh, on that American Talent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's dialed it back some over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when he was doing American Idol, well, at first, American Idol, he'd be the first one to tease you. He said, "Man," he says. Uh, if somebody got up and tried to sing and it didn't sound good, he'd be the first one to tell them to sound like cat scream. Yeah. All your friends have been lying to you. Yeah, all your friends have been lying to you all these years. You know? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Well, I saw him one time. This girl got up there to sing and she started to sing and he stopped her. He stopped the track and he said, everybody stop. He said, that track is horrible. Sing it acapella. That was... That that was very helpful to her. She yeah. did an acapella, and she blew it out of the park. I mean, she's incredible. Yeah. So so, I think he's learned to be more constructive with yeah. his. Yeah, not as hard, but yeah, because I've noticed. I don't watch that show all the time. But every once in a while, I catch a few minutes of it just to see what Simon's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that goes back to the conversation earlier about yeah. reality TV, right? We. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, because he's always he's always kind of unpredictable. But every once in a while, you can get somebody up there, like the lady that uh, uh, what was her name? Man, she she just man, she could sing like man, oh, yeah. nobody's uh, yeah. huh? Yeah. Lady from England, England, yeah, she can yeah. sing. Oh, oh yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, girl could sing. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. She's, she's just a lady that went to church and went home and took care of cats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, those are good examples of people who are, you know, at least at least part of the time, you know, that it doesn't seem like their criticism, though harsh it is, is malicious. Sometimes it, it feels like, yeah, you're just trying to be mean right now for the cameras. But but there are there are plenty of instances where the goal is obviously to help. And maybe we need to and those are reality TV and we keep that in mind. What we need to find is somewhere a balance there in between those two extremes of only offering, you know, praise, only offering feedback that's, yeah. you know, positive flattery, and on the other end of, you know, just being mean and criticizing. Somewhere there in the middle is, is a, yeah, is a way to... Yeah, sometimes it just, you know, flattery just don't, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. 
Which is, again, a good example of where flattery can be. Like when we flattery, I guess that, the, the, that language is suggesting that it's saying positive things just for the sake of saying positive things without actually meaning it. But at the same time, there, there's, I mean, people, people like hearing positive feedback. People like yeah. hearing, hearing that, right? Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's always bad. Um, and so there certainly are instances where offering people feedback that's positive um, can be good and, and um, encouraging, right? Yeah, some people have to have it all the time. Yeah, yeah which, which goes to what's, what's going on here, which is where the caution comes in, right, for the proverb to say, if that's all you're looking for, if you're just surrounding people, surrounding yourself with people who will say, great job, good work, you know, then, um, then we got to be careful. I think that happens with, let's go back to politics a little bit with politicians, right? They, they work hard to put people in their staff that will only say yes to them, that will only compliment them, that won't criticize them. And, and that is very dangerous, right? That's got some very bad ramifications for the rest of us. <laughs> Well, uh, let's, uh, I want to offer, as I usually do, a, an instance for self-reflection. I think I want to reiterate that a lot of times when we read Proverbs and we have these conversations, these, are, these have been really great conversations in this, in this time, um, a lot of times we can, we can read the Proverbs and we can think of other people, right, who are struggling with this. So I always want to add this at the end, the self-reflection for us, not to necessarily answer out loud, but for us to think about for ourselves, how, how you know, what about me? Um, how, how, am I, how, how do I lean towards these tendencies? So some self-reflection. How does the book of Proverbs seem to understand what bad words are? How is this different from what we often mean when we, when we say something is a bad word? Um, do bad words come from your mouth? What can you do to break bad habits of slander and gossip? All right, we'll pray and be dismissed, and I'll send you with that reflection for this week. I'll just tell you, I looked that up about the studies yeah, uh, and there aren't any clinical studies on it. Mm, okay, but there's a lot of talk about it. Yeah, but no, no actual yeah. no academic. I imagine there will be as as um, <coughs> social media and TV and <coughs> things like that. Media. The years of that's a case study in itself. Absolutely, social media. Oh, yeah. Well, let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful for this night. We're grateful again for your word, for especially the book of Proverbs that we've been studying, the wisdom that we have found there and that we're able to, to talk about in this space. We're so grateful for you, O oh Lord. We're grateful for your wisdom and that you share your wisdom with us, that we're not left down here to scramble about not knowing the way, but you've given us the path. So help us, O oh God, to know that path and to join you on it and have you as our guide and as our partner. We love you and we praise you. We ask that you would go with us now into this week. Help us to be your people. In Jesus' name, amen.